0: This episode of With Friends Like These is brought to you by Helix Sleep. I've had my Helix for maybe two months now, and it is the most luxurious mattress I have ever owned. I have slept on mattresses as luxurious at super fancy hotels, but not in my own home. The Helix mattress is the one you get if you want to feel like you're on vacation every night. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everyone's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz and got matched with a Sunset Luxe. I'm a side sleeper who likes a soft mattress. It is perfect. I sink into the bed a little, so my head is more aligned with my neck on the pillow. And like I said, it just feels so good. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz, Order the mattress you're matched to, and the mattress will come right to your doorstep shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded number one overall best mattress of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. Just go to helixsleep.com friends, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners. Please go visit them at helixsleep.com/friends. That's $200 and two free pillows. helixsleep.com/friends. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox. Welcome to With Friends Like These. This week, I am talking to a dear old friend, the great John Hodgman. We met, believe it or not, before the Mac versus PC ads that made him famous, at least famous in my generation. He was on a book tour for his first book, the still very hilarious areas of my expertise. He reached out when he got to DC because he was a fan of mine. And of course, I immediately became a fan of his. John is an actor, an author, and a humorist. He was a longtime contributor to The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. He also hosts a fun and illuminating podcast called Judge John Hodgman, which is also the basis for a kind of micro column in the New York Times Magazine. He has a fairly new animated show on FXX called Dicktown, which is about male sensitivity, but not like you might think. As the judge on Judge John Hodgman, John helps friends, roommates, and romantic couples settle the score on questions like, who walks the dog, and who should unload the dishwasher? And while these might seem like small things, John's discovered some deeper through lines after doing this show for 10 years. He'll share all of that wisdom and some insights into the psyche of the woke white male. Coming right up. John Hodgman, old friend. Welcome to the show.
1: Anna, old friend, thank you for welcoming me. I feel very welcome. Thank you.
0: I don't feel like I've talked to you in a professional capacity in a long, long time.
1: The last time I saw you was in Minneapolis yes. when serendipity arranged that we run into each other in in the streets of Minneapolis. Yep. It was a real Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> moment.
0: It was one of those things that does make you think that the universe, even if it's uh, not all planned, does occasionally rhyme accidentally.
1: Yeah. I was in town for some kind of show. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. And I was getting out of the cab, Mm -hmm. and there you were.
0: There he was. I almost... And
1: there was nothing suspicious about it.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you don't... I I guess you didn't find out. (laughs)
1: Never mind. And I just remember the we court, order, so the court converse- order hadn't
0: gone through yet. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. And we sat in the hotel lobby and I believe that there was like a gigantic ceramic Dalmatian dog or something. <laughs> there was some weird decoration there. And it was just like, and we hadn't spoken for years at that point. Yeah. And it's been a few years since then. And it just always feels like we're just picking up the same conversation.
0: That's my favorite kind of friendship. That's nice. Although I have to say, all the details of that story does sound like we made it up.
1: No, I was very specific about the ceramic Dalmatian. <laughs> that makes it sound very realistic.
0: Okay, <laughs> let's talk about some of the developments that have happened for you, you know, since we became yes. friends. You are now Judge John Hodgman. That's how many people know you. Yes, and yes. I am curious. We'll just start off with so. What qualifications do you bring to to the bench?
1: Zero. Okay.
0: that's. I am not a legal
1: judge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although although I don't think I would need much more based on some of the appointments of the past four years. Now I hope we're going to be getting to some more qualified judge ships, but it seems like there's for a while there, you didn't need to really have very much experience at all. Maybe even be a, in, you know, in an actual courtroom to even be a judge.
0: I believe on technically, a, on the federal level. Yeah, I believe technically there isn't a formal qualification. Oh, okay. So.
1: Well, and I guess my qualification is the same as it's always been straight white male wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> now, 50 years of upper middle class, uh, Northeast living, straight white maleness. And book learning.
0: You know, it's funny, it's it's almost as though uh this kind of made up formal position uh just puts a name on the thing that happens 24 hours a day, every day. Yeah for most people.
1: I I can appreciate it now better than I certainly did when I started Judge John Hodgman, which is a podcast right. as well as a New York Times magazine column net. A little tiny, teeny tiny columnella. Um, I only mention it because no one who listens to the podcast knows that I do the magazine thing, and no one who reads to me in the magazine knows that there's a podcast. So there's two, two things. But I started Judge John Hodgman now um, more than ten years ago, uh, and back then, it was a fairly it was a fairly easy joke to make in the sense that um, I had been on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart doing a very purposeful uh, satire on the white male expert um, who everyone just listens to because he wears a tweedy jacket and looks like an authority. And my friend and co-host, Jesse Thorne, who's the founder of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, where which is my home, uh, had suggested, did you ever think about doing a judge thing like Judge Judy or the People's Court. And I was like, yeah, that's great. I love hearing people who are having an argument and deciding who's right and who's wrong and telling them. So we did it. And it's and the format of the show, if if your listeners aren't familiar with it, and why would they be? There are a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts, is that we have real live disputants, people who write in with disputes, usually domestic or filial or sibling or friendly or roommate-ly, that kind of thing, whether or not to get an air conditioner, whether or not who's, who deserves to have custody over this wind-up toy giraffe that we both got when we were closer friends and lived together, and now we're splitting apart, that sort of thing. And I listen to both sides, and I tell them who's right and who's wrong, in a very tongue-in-cheek kind of way. But in the course of the decade that I've done it, you know, the limits of my expertise have really been revealed to me. And what has what has been replaced in that absence is a lot more actual n- knowledge and learning that I've gotten from the people who have called in from all over the country and all over the world of, of often wildly different experiences and, and, and points of view. And certainly the people who have written in as well to tell me that I'm not correct. <laughs> so it's been a real, a, a tr- like, yeah, like there, there, it is... Part of the joke that, um, when a white guy sits down at a table, uh, he will certainly believe that everyone needs what he has to say. And there is a kind of sleight of hand in our culture that a lot of other people who don't look like me might just shut up and start listening to someone who looks like me because culture expects them to, which is wrong.
0: The thing that interests me the most about, uh, what you've done with your judgeship is that it's become, f- I don't want to use the word serious, but there are some weighty matters that you weigh in on. Yeah, I mean. Like relationships are we, weighty no matter what you could say.
1: They they are, they are. And what's happening right now, Ana, is I'm scrambling to think of an example uh, that is a good one. Do you have one?
0: Well, I'm actually just thinking of all the ones that are about relationships, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because whenever I see that, because they often are, like my roommate or my husband or my brother or my sister says this, I say this. We've been arguing about it for a long time. Yeah. And whenever I see that, there's a part of me that's like, wow. (laughs) Because in my experience in relationships, you know, the fight is never about the fight, really.
1: Right. No, I mean, so, you know, a, as an example, like we talk a lot on the podcast about finding the crux of the issue. I am the crux finder, mm-hmm. uh, general. Um because beneath every small dispute, every petty dispute, every conflict over whether you should use a top sheet or not, you should. You should use a top sheet. Don't just use the comforter. Come on, everybody. Um there is a there is a lot of Deep and personal stuff. So one of the earliest cases we had were two two young women who had been roommates for years, who traveled during their college you know years, and and soon after were living together and sharing an apartment, and somewhere along the line had picked up a wi- a literal wind up toy giraffe uh, that they had, I'm sh- had an adorable name for that I forget. We'll say Giraffy. And now one of them was moving across the country for a job, and the question was who gets to keep Giraffy. Mm-hmm. Obvious, the obvious answer is shared custody. <laughs> yes. You can mail giraffe. <laughs> yes. But what was at the crux of the dispute was how how do you how do you deal emotionally with the end of or or let's say a, a transition to a new kind of friendship? You know, because those early roommate bonds are are close are closer than some marriages, closer than a lot of sibling relationships. And when you grow out of a friend. It's 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 uh, it's a it's not something that we are trained by culture to think of as a trauma the way we naturally think of a r- romantic relationship breaking up being something to work through. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. friends are just friends, right? But they're often the most important people to you. And so the podcast in that case became an opportunity for them to sort of think about and talk about and joke about and process that transition to a new stage of friendship where they weren't going to be living together anymore you know and you know it it in the early days it was listed as a comedy podcast um which never seemed right to me because for me it was just you know talking to people and you know having some having some fun and making jokes where you could find them but truly like the enjoyment is listening to a couple in germany where one is a a German national and the other is an American and she wants to get an air conditioner. Cause that's what she grew up with. And he's never had one in his life and how do they decide what to do? And then I learned that they are, they, li- they, they live 35 minutes away from an indoor water park that is, exists in a former Zeppelin factory and they've never been. And now I don't know what to believe about both of them because where are their priorities <laughs> in life? And then other relationship stuff as well. I mean, deeper stuff.
0: With Friends Like These is brought to you by Smalls. Give your feline friend protein-packed meals they'll crave with Smalls. Smalls is fresh, human-grade cat food delivered right to your doorstep so you, too, can embrace your inner house cat. Cats are all obligate carnivores. They need fresh, protein-packed meals. Conventional cat food is made with profits in mind, using low-quality, cheap meat byproducts, grains, and starches coated in artificial flavors. Smalls, on the other paw, is made with cats in mind. Now, it's true. I think my cats will eat just about anything, so I have to be the one that makes good choices for them. I cannot report exactly how much more they like smalls than supermarket food. I can say they seem healthier, their coats are smoother and shinier, and they have fewer hairballs. Get smalls for that alone. Better quality ingredients mean a better, healthier life for your cat. Since switching to smalls, cats have experienced improved digestion and a less smelly litter box, softer and shinier coats, plus better breath. Go to www.smalls.com slash friends today to take a short quiz and use the code friends to get $5 off your first order. That's smalls.com slash friends, code friends to get $5 off your first order. With Friends Like These is brought to you by WordTune. Every year, U.S. businesses waste over $400 billion. That's $400 billion because bad writing causes confusion, misses the mark, or just takes too long to get to the point. On the flip side, better writing helps businesses win and impress customers, enhance brand perception, improve internal communication, and strengthen relationships with critical partners. Better, faster writing means better business, which is why your team needs WordTune for teams. Go beyond simple spelling and grammar correction. WordTune is the only AI-powered writing tool that understands meaning, offering writing suggestions that help anyone achieve clear and compelling writing. It is the ultimate writing tool to elevate your entire team's writing instantly. I was wondering how a writing tool could possibly do this. I mean, I do this for a living. But, true story, I have used WordTune to rewrite ads for this show. Believe it or not, not all ad copy comes in perfectly written in a natural human voice. WordTune can smooth out rough transitions and sometimes condense wordiness. Sometimes. When can your team use WordTune? WordTune improves performance on any project, everything from internal emails to press releases, sales outreach to customer service support, and so much more. You can use WordTune anywhere you're writing online, including Google Docs, Slack, Outlook Web, and WhatsApp. You can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com slash friends. Are you looking to elevate your entire team's writing? Well, my listeners can get a discount for their team today at wordtunecom slash friends. WordTune improves writing efficiency up to four times. Better, faster writing means better business. Start writing with WordTune at wordtunecom slash friends. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Cereal is comfort food, especially if you eat it right out of the box. And I have been eating a lot of Magic Spoon cereal right out of the box. And I can tell you, Magic Spoon, Maple Waffle, and a Ted Lasso binge, you're going to feel better. And you're not going to feel guilty because Ted Lasso is awesome and Maple Waffle Magic Spoon is good for you. Magic Spoon Cereals have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories a serving. They are keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own variety box out of the available flavors Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, Peanut Butter, Blueberry, Cinnamon, Cookies and Cream, and Maple Waffle. Maple waffle is, in fact, one of the two most popular special edition flavors that they've had, and they brought it back as well as cookies and cream. They are back for good. The flavors were introduced for a limited time and immediately sold out, so grab them again or give them a try now. They are delicious and indulgent. Go to magicspoon.com slash WFLT to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code WFLT at checkout to save $5 off your order and to let them know we sent you. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash WFLT and use code WFLT to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I guess that was sort of my point about how serious some of the questions seem to me. Is that people putting their relationship on display, not just... It's because it's never about the fight, like you said. It's never about what it seems like it's about. It's about the crux, and you're the crux finder. Do you feel any weight from that? Yeah, I have to ask.
1: I felt I felt the weight more over the over the years. I think if you were to listen to the early episodes, I'm pretty glib, and I'm pretty talk overy, and I'm and I and I'm pretty har- harsh. That you know, it is not that I have mellowed uh, with age, though I am unfortunately aging. Rapidly, <laughs> but I've begun to appreciate in in better ways through listening that the people, you know, uh, that people are putting their personal lives in our hands, and that we needed to treat them respectfully, and that even when one party was kind of being a a jerk, you have to treat the jerks kind of. You have to hear the jerks and then you have to let the jerks hear you and really tell them, you you know, you're, you're not, you're not seeing or hearing or valuing the other person in your life the way you should be. Um, And so that's, that's been quite, you know, hum, hum, humbling, I guess. So the com- now it's not really listed as a comedy podcast it's not listed as a podcast at all most any place else, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know we st- we started before the huge podcast boom took over and you know there the, the uh, I even when I started I was already a a pretty a pretty minor pretty former television personality now that uh now that all these tv personalities have podcasts <laughs> We just have the people. We just have our people listen.
0: Have the questions changed over time? Nope. Hmm.
1: Nope. It's always about the dishes. It's always about the dishes. <laughs> it's, I've had to write to people and just like, we're not taking dishes dishes, um, anymore. Because I've said everything I need to about how people do the dishes. Right, because the thing is that um, the dishes are the front line of any cohabitation relationship, because there's there's so much going on in that sink full of dirty dishes. It's the different ways that people were brought up, different standards of cleanliness and tidiness. Then there's different control issues. Then there, obviously, there are, for lack of a better term, gender imbalances. Mm-hmm. Um, who is expected to do the dishes? how those ex- dishes are expected to be done. Do you rinse them before you put them in the dishwasher? What is the correct way to, f- to load the dishwasher? Everyone who's ever loaded a dishwasher knows it's it's one of the more satisfying jigsaw puzzles you can solve. So when someone is doing it a different way, it feels like an affront against your personhood. Um, And all of those, all of that, and, you know, that then, so all of that, Personal background, cultural background, expectation—it all seems to to flow into the dishes. Control is such an important part, an important—I I, think—is the wrong word because I think corrosive part mm-hmm. of of any close relationship, whether it's romantic or sibling or or roommate or whatever. But particularly when it's romantic or workplace, when it's romantic cohabitation, someone writing in to say. My partner does the dishes the wrong way, is attempting to exert some kind of control, and it is almost exclusively guys who write in to say <laughs> in, in heterosexual relationships who write in to say my wife is doing it the wrong way, and um, because I have, and it's then the, it's often followed up with because I have figured out a new and more interesting way. <laughs> to put knives into the into the uh, into the uh, silverware caddy or whatever yeah. it is. And you know, like this was one of the big eye openers over the course of the podcast for me as a guy. You know, I always I always w- w- considered myself a feminist. I also had been that idea beaten into me by white guydom that like, we all deserve to have a little bit of a dispute and all sides can be heard and what's wrong with a good debate? That's like, except when you're constantly fighting over something that simple makes the other person feel small and they don't feel empowered to say, stop it. You know, that's what's wrong with a good good and free and open debate. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? When you're talking over someone and denying who they are, that's not a free and open debate, you know? Guys, white guys, I think in my generation were empowered to, to feel like, we're all just a bunch of uh, Aristotles and Plato's out here equals talking at each other in the garden about hypotheticals <laughs> when when there are real, real human emotions and human safety on the line. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is it wrong to use a certain word? It's like mm. maybe you're not qualified to talk about that. And this idea that the the dishwasher lives in this hypothetical space where a guy <laughs> can look at it and be like, why are the times of the fork? Well, I know what should happen. They should be sideways. But there's a
0: platonic I mean, it, ideal of how it should look. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly, exactly. Such an interesting conundrum that you have as, as in your existence as a woke white guy, being a judge.
1: Well, you know, as someone who grew up kind of, A, feeling that I was a feminist, and B, at the same time, also feeling like all sides are equal and everything is fine. And there's no, there there are no basic, power imbalances, even in simple conversation, Mm -hmm. like 10 years of doing judge John Hodgman is a lot of, there's a lot of data points. And I can say, I've looked at the scatter graph over 10 years in disputes between heterosexual romantic cohabitants. The guys are wrong hundred (laughs) percent, like 99.99% of the time they are guys trying to control their their other half, and it's usually an exertion of control—mental, emotional, physical control—and
0: you know what? The one, yeah, they're coming to you for a reason. Yeah, they're expecting to hear something from you that aligns with their worldview, whether consciously yeah. or not. This is the Ladies reason they're crazy. Writing. You're yeah. right,
1: dude. Ladies are crazy. <laughs> Why won't they let you devise a new way to? wash a spoon. (laughs) Like I want to, I want to, I want to honor the, the, I think the genetic malformation of a, of certain men's brains that they are always looking at things and going like, I should turn that mug upside down. That would be a better way of doing it. (laughs) You know, anyone, no matter, no matter what pronouns they use, who, who prize inventiveness and curiosity and look at the world that way. I don't want to misjudge them, but yeah, they're coming to me for, for validation. And it's, been you know an important part of my learning that they don't deserve it Mm -hmm. they need to hear the other thing Uh, invalidation
0: (laughs) for some reason that why can't i just hug you is coming into my mind so oh
1: because uh (laughs) i haven't given you consent that was another big one that came up yes huggers yeah. People coming out of the pandemic going is it a, my friend and this was this was between two people who who both used she her pronouns. It's like my friend is telling me that as soon as lockdown is over she's going to hug me. Ugh. And I don't want to be hugged. And I was like, yeah, that's something I learned too. I think kind of Maybe those of us who should have learned earlier, learned through per, uh, the pandemic, like, there, there, is a, there is a boundary that your body defines. People can't just hug you. They can't just hug you because they call themselves huggers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they have to, you know, they have to ask. And the first thing that happened after that podcast aired was I saw an old friend on the street and, and boy, did she hug me without asking <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love your podcast, Hug.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's,
1: I mean, you know, these are forgivable crimes, but...
0: Often forgivable, know. but it's one of the things that, you know, the pandemic didn't change us so much as highlight what needs to be changed.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's really true.
0: And I think consent around touching is one of them. Yeah. Because Yeah,
1: there's no silver lining to what happened. No. And is happening still. But there are lessons and things that are revealed like that, as well as huge social and structural inequalities that were in place and ignored until they couldn't be mm-hmm. by people who look like me. But you were saying something about touching.
0: Oh, that's what I, that was it. Because for some reason, the dishwasher thing actually made me think about the touching thing.
1: Why? That's a cool connection.
0: The space that men take up in the world. Go on. Um, This idea. Not enough enough
1: space. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm doing my part.
0: And this idea that like, if I know something is right, then I don't need to check it out with anyone else unless I'm pretty sure I'm going to be validated. Right. And... It, for some reason, I had this flash to kind of the immediate aftermath of of Me Too, or the kind of the first wave of backlash to that, which for me was a lot of men saying, "What? I can't hug you anymore," like, right. and, and expecting to hear back from people, "Oh, you're right. That is going too far." Yeah, right. We shouldn't. Right. Yeah. What? You, I'm glad you like like they're expecting people, women included, to say, "You know what? Good point. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. we should go ahead and hug me no matter what." And that, yeah, they didn't. A lot of people didn't like that. Yeah, didn't like not having their power and space affirmed.
1: And that was something that had been articulated to me. So uh, I'm married to a person. Um, I have very, I mean, we've been we've been married for twenty years, but only recently to my shame, have I realized how uncomfortable I feel and should be feeling about saying my wife. Maybe mm. it was the Borat thing that brought that home because all of a sudden it was a comedic cliche. But even simply the term my wife's like, no, the whole human being that I share a life with had pointed out to me years ago that how frustrated and frustrating it is that when greeting people, it is always the default that she be hugged and I not be. And I'm like, yeah, that is terrible. And I should have noticed a long time ago. Um because I don't I feel great. I don't want to be hugged. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My boundaries are perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Boundaries. Why do you have to enforce your boundaries?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Everything seemed fine. So yeah, everybody be a little thoughtful before going in for a hug.
0: Speaking it's of it's
1: reasonable. Um, it's reasonable to it's reasonable to deny a hug doesn't it doesn't mean i don't i'm just this is this i'm saying to joel mann here at the studios of weru in orland maine who's recording us right now joel can you hear me we can't hear you so it doesn't matter no okay joel you can hear me right just because i don't hug you doesn't mean i don't love you
0: (laughs) well speaking of things that seem inevitable um let's go to some ads With Friends Like These is brought to you by ZocDoc. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor. You search and find one that looks good. You wait on hold. You book an appointment. You rearrange your schedule. And when you finally go in, this doctor doesn't even take your insurance. There's a solution to that problem. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment, either in-person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com friends and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash friends and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash friends. With friends like these, it's brought to you by Saqqara. I absolutely love Saqqara. The meals are fresh, tasty, and filling. And good for you. A Saqqara subscription is like living in a wellness spa. You get rainbow salads, vegan burgers and spaghetti, overnight oats and chocolate. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, are designed to minimize your sugar cravings, boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Saqqara's chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are backed with cutting-edge nutrition science to boost your health and stoke your glow. They're delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and The New York Times. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com/friends and enter code friends at checkout. That's sakara s a k a r a.com/friends to get 20% off your first order. slash friends With friends like these is brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? You know, lately, a lot. I've been going through a not great patch. Don't know about you. It's not my first not great patch, but I am incredibly grateful it is one I prepared for. I'm working down a list of my best friends, the people I know I can call anytime. And I have my therapist. I could not get through this without someone outside my life who can look in and give me perspective that no one else can. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This is not self-help, it's professional counseling. Send emails and chats whenever it's convenient for you and your counselor will respond in a timely and thoughtful manner. BetterHelp aims to create great therapeutic matches so clients can change counselors at no cost. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Their licensed counselors specialize in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, and other things you may not find in your area. Anything you share is confidential. You can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com friends. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com friends. And we're back.
1: Great ad read, by the way. That's so good.
0: Everyone use that offer code.
1: It's an art form. Yeah. It's an art form.
0: So I want to move away from um, Judgment. As much as we can, and to dictate. Sure.
1: Thank you for saying <laughs> the name of the TV show that I made with David Reese, and we chose to give it that name. And I'm feel very uncomfortable every time it comes up, even though I love the show.
0: <laughs> you have to live with your choices, John.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking that, just thinking about that this morning, and it's <laughs> and it's been it's been months since it was initially aired on FX and it's now, this is my, this is how I work in a little plug. Dick Town is a, is a 10 episode animated series by me and David Reese. It is a PG 13 comedy. It is not about dicks. (laughs) (laughs) And it's available now. on. (laughs) It has some small dick energy. I will say that some, (laughs) some very small dick energy.
0: (laughs) So it's about, um, A former high school bully. Yes, not me. Bully, E-E-E? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The one who was bullied. Boy, oh,
1: boy. Boy, oh, boy. Can you imagine being in high school and explaining to your bully, like, no, you're the bully or I'm the bully. (laughs) (laughs) What a wedgie you would get and earn, perhaps. No, I don't don't know. They they
0: team up to solve crimes, you know, as one does. Yeah. Yes. What inspired that? So,
1: my friend David Reese, who is the co-host of another podcast called Election Profit Makers with Starley Kine and John Kimball, whom all of whom I love very dearly, and David is a cartoonist and a musician and a TV host and just a, a, a Renaissance person who's been a dear friend and a and an inspiration to me for a long time. We wanted to work on something together, and David's idea was. Let's do a comedy, not necessarily featuring us, but he wanted to do something in the mode of Simon and Simon, the 1980s <laughs> detective T- 80s TV show where they I think one of them lives on a houseboat. Maybe they both do. They're in San Diego. There's a houseboat
0: involved. I remember there's that. There's yeah. a
1: houseboat involved. And then there's also, there's a nut- Riptide had a robot, but two guys <laughs> and a ro- I don't remember what it was. And I, and I at, the, at that time, was spending a lot of time revisiting the world of Encyclopedia Brown, mm. reading those books with our son. And Encyclopedia Brown is kind of an increasingly obscure cultural reference, I'm sad to say. But it was a series of young adult novels, particularly in the late 60s through the 70s, early 80s, featuring a character named Encyclopedia Brown, who was a 14 or 15-year-old boy detective who solved mysteries for all the other little kids around town. And sometimes for the police because his dad was the chief of police and an incompetent male who had been <laughs> apparently
0: promoted beyond his, abilities. promoted beyond his abilities and <laughs> therefore
1: had to take his most vexing cases home to his son to solve. So I said, well, why don't we do, and Encyclopedia Brown had an arch nemesis in town called Bugs Meeny, who was the leader of the tigers, which was the gang of bad kids who are always stealing other kids, you know, like jar of nickels or whatever it was. So I said, why don't we do a, a Simon and Simon type show? But the premise is my character is, a, is Encyclopedia Brown, but he's grown up. Not actually Encyclopedia Brown. My character is named yes. John Hunchman. Oh, But I'm an Encyclopedia Brown type who has grown up and has failed to thrive and lives on a houseboat that is falling apart. And is still stuck solving mysteries for teenagers, and your character David Reese is my former high school bully and arch nemesis, who has also failed to leave town. This town is called Richardsville or Dicktown to the locals who don't like it. and And David's character is now living in his parents' basement, also has no one else in his life, and has now become my driver and sort of my muscle and my only friend. And we go around this town solving crimes for people who are much younger than us. And the, det- and the mysteries tend to be more um, existential than, um, than practical. So we had in one episode a, a a young woman named Meg, who's played by the incredible Anna Akana, who, if you don't know Anna Akana, go check out Anna Akana, An incredible creative force and actor. But Meg, Meg hires us, She's, I guess, 19, and she hires us to find out if the guy that she has been having sex with believes that they're dating. That's her mystery. Um, So it's sort of that's sort of the gag.
0: So I I know you're a a fellow conflict avoidant only child.
1: Yes. What are you going to ask me? Is it going to (laughs) hurt?
0: Well, it's a little bit about Dicktown. Sure. Because it's those those that's a conflict that got sort of resolved, I guess. Like the idea of teaming up with your high school bully.
1: What's interesting is, we we still to this day, and we hope very much to make more episodes. I can't say anything more than that. But Dicktown still lives in our hearts and minds, and we talk about it a lot. And you'll see in the show. We get really deep with these characters and their emotions. That's why we called it Dicktown. I'll explain that in a second.
0: <laughs> we just need to say it as much as possible. Like in know, every answer and like, every yeah. question. What hap- so in what Dicktown. Happened was,
1: yeah. What happened was I knew, I knew because David and I are, are emotional guys. And David is a recovered high school bully. Oh. And I am an, on, an ongoing only child weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> we knew this dynamic would work because we lived it. We, ha- we have this fun sort of brotherly dynamic. But we also are emotional dudes. And there's going to be a lot of emotion and heart in this show. And we were making it for FX. And I knew that FX from, was defined itself as edgy. And I decided that if we called it Town, it will distract FX from noticing that our show is actually a lot about emotions and feelings.
0: Super emo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's pretty emo. It's a pretty emo show. (laughs) And as deep as we go in, I mean, we draw Richardsville, Dicktown is very much drawn on Chapel Hill, which is where David grew up. And it's very autobiographical. The details of the town and and the people and his old piano teacher who play a role in there. And the guy who plays my dad is based on the dad of a good friend of his. And then, you know, a lot of my characters' obsessions with houseboats and um, Battlestar Galactica and other sort of odd things that made me the weirdo that I am show up in my backstory. It's very deep, right? But We have never been able to establish in the long backstory of this series, which we, we created quite a Bible for it, how these guys ended up being friends. There's mm-hmm. still no explanation as to how the former bully and the bully ended up working together. And like we sit down and talk about it from time to time. And like, how do you think it was that it, the show opens with them working together and my character is ostensibly his employer and we drive around in his Fiero solving mysteries and stuff. But like the day that my character said to his character, Do you want to work together? Or he said, Can I work with you? is completely unknown. We cannot figure it out. We cannot crack that code. Maybe you have an idea on it. Well it
0: it it's sort of a bank shot off of something you said earlier, which is that we're all struggling. We all suffer.
1: Well, I got to go work on something now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good solution. That's a good solution right there. Yep. Uh,
0: I, I just to is work much of myself into this podcast as possible. Please. Um, you know, I'm in recovery. Yes. And the friendships that form in the rooms of AA yeah. are pretty remarkable.
1: People who would not normally be friends. There's actually a friends.
0: phrase in the AA Big Book, we normally would not mix.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Have you ever had an experience where you became friends with someone that you couldn't, that you had conflict with?
0: I will say, to speak from the point of view of AA, this is a little different than an actual friendship, but but hopefully this will maybe give you some ideas. There are people that I go to meetings with whose politics and whose personality I find incredibly annoying. Mm-hmm. I love them. Right. I would answer a call at two a.m.
1: You know. Okay. I think that there's something there. I think you got. I think you maybe circle circled something for me that makes a lot of sense. That's good because I may or may not be having to write the scene where they meet (laughs) tomorrow
0: as it happens. I I want some writing credit, but other than that, just fine. Go ahead. Go for it.
1: Co-creator, listen, you don't want any piece of this pie. Dicktown? I don't want a piece of Dicktown? This is a, a, it's not an empire. It's not an empire.
0: (laughs) It's 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 Dicktown, John. John. It's It's, Dicktown.
1: Yeah, that's right. Forget about it, Jake. It's dick town.
0: (laughs) Well, this has been lovely.
1: Hey, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, we have to do it more often, which I think is a thing that we say every time we see each other.
1: Anytime, Anytime you want. Oh, I remembered something very profound that we say sometimes in the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That was one of the things that I forgot. and It's really important because my memory is really going. But. Vis-a-vis, if you are in a a relationship of any kind, right? And you are, and and this goes to dishwashing, right? uh, Or anything. If you are in a mind to help, don't come up with a new way to help. (laughs) You don't have to devise a new way to load the dishwasher. What you can do is you can say, um, how how would you like me to load the dishwasher? Extend that metaphorically to everything. Something that I learned from talking to people and truly, I have to give the audience so much credit because they write letters, they respond to judgments, they pull me apart, they critique me, they get mad. Uh, okay, uh, you know, sometimes they validate, sometimes they invalidate. but the thing that, that we've all sort of agreed on together aside from people like what they like is help helping the way you want to help is not help help in the way you are asked to help. That is help. That is real help. Helping the way you feel like helping is probably just an annoyance. So there, that was the thing I wanted to say. I just remembered it.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for doing the show. I look forward to hearing every episode that I am not in (laughs) and re-listening to the ones that I have already listened to.
0: What a pleasure to talk to John Hodgman. So educational and entertaining. You can check out Judge John Hodgman on your favorite podcast app and go to Hulu to stream episodes of Dicktown. I had to say it just one more time. Take care of yourselves.